Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning. Look at this. Man, moves, everything's moving kind of fast this morning. I'm like, wow. We're going to get out early or am I just going to preach really long? <laughs> I love the nervous laughter. Like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, he's kidding, right? Uh, so last week, um, we had the week off. Basically, if you don't know, we're Portable Church. <laughs> you should have put that together by now. But, um, and it was 30 below, 40 below wind chill, and, uh, and my wife and I were out of town, actually. We got to go to a retreat, and they, we kind of had to call in the last minute and say, I don't think we're going to gather next, last Sunday, mainly for the safety of the setup and teardown team. It really, it's not that we couldn't brave church itself. This, yeah, all right, it's a little cold in here. I was thinking, I think it might be the giant walls of cinder blocks that might be one of the reasons it gets colder in here. Um, I'm no scientist, but um, we, had to, we had to cancel for that reason, um, and that's just part of being a portable church. God's given us a home. He will in the right time. We're looking. Uh, we've looked a lot. We're continuing looking. We've church. I don't know if you realize this, but do you realize over the last year that you, that God used you to raise over and above all of our bills, all of our missions giving, all of our generosity, used you to raise $70,000 towards a building? Come on. Come on. That's unheard of, especially for a church our size. That's amazing. That is, that is the goodness of God and the generous, generosity of God through his people. So Angie and I were literally kind of on our way to a retreat, a couple's, uh, pastor's couple's, um, not just couples, but pastors' couples retreats. Um, we were driving to Branson. We we're like, "Well, great, we're going to miss the snowstorm, and then we'll go." And that was true till we got an hour south of us. And for the next five hours, we drove in a snowstorm from Pontiac, Illinois, all the way up to Springfield, Missouri. It was terrible. <laughs> it was. I hit Wally's twice, though, so I was excited about that. Um, it, it's inside joke if you don't know what Wally's is, but. Um, and <laughs> we got through it, but we had a good, just a sweet time of like relaxing. It's funny though, we even ended up talking about it with the leaders there, and it was, it was a really small retreat, but it's amazing what focused, godly rest will do in your life. It's just a really, a truly amazing, and we even talked about our different vacation habits. Um, when it, I get to a point in the year Basically, post-Easter, I'm ready for a vacation until I get one. Super, like, let's go. My wife, she, I don't, she could never, ever take a vacation. She would be okay. Uh, but when we get to vacation, she's so task-motivated when we get there for like two to three days. All she wants to do is sit down and do nothing. Absolutely. All the kids are like, let's go to the pool. Let's go to the roller coaster. My wife is like, let's go nowhere and do nothing. Um, and so... Uh, and, but it's, and it's not right or wrong, it's just different, 
right? We, we're all, we all rest in different ways. We all recoup in different ways. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm very much the same in my life, like I'm a balance guy. So I need a little bit of everything. I need some recreation. I need some rest. And I, but we're continuing the series Restored in 2024. And as I'm thinking through it, like the different types of rest I believe one of the main things that's going to bring a restoration in your life that God wants to do is learning and living a healthy spiritual rest. You won't learn to be restored in the Lord until you can rest in the Lord. Um, so I don't know if you know this. This is a quick side note. We're going to talk about the scripture about being yoked with the Lord when Jesus talked about that. But here's, here's a while. This is a quick side note. This has nothing to do with anything. I just found it interesting. We're going to get there. I don't need that yet, though. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um, did you know, so some people, they debate over, like, well, yoga is just stretching. You can do it without doing the worship side. I, I don't know if you know this, but yoga is a Hindi term for the word yoke. To yoke yourself to something, to attach yourself to something um, and, and, then pers- and then pursue it and stay with it. And in the case of yoga, it's, it literally was meditative practices for worship by way of positions that represented and honored specific gods. So I understand that you're like, well, I know I can just use it for stretching. Well, <laughs> wrestle that one out with the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I would argue um, if it's a direct practice of Hinduism, well, it ain't Christian. Anyway, so, so um, the idea of yoking to something is being attached to something. Now you can throw that picture up. So Jesus talks about being yoked to something. When I was a kid, I was like, what does this have to do with an egg or something like that? It's spelled Y-O-K-E, if you don't know. And, and farmers know this. Agricultural people know this. The average person may not know this. And, and it's not as much of an issue now, right? Because everything's automated. We use machines. Not too many people are tilling fields with cows and oxen anymore, at least not in first world countries, right? Uh, not, there are some, right? They're the, they're the doomsday preppers. They're still doing it. But the rest of us aren't, okay? And so what they would do is they would take this yoke, and this is a way they could double their efforts of plowing their fields, Okay, but the challenge is no oxen, no bull, no cow. Am I, am I right, Nicole? None, no two are the same, right? They're all going to be different. They're going to have different strengths. They're all going to have different abilities, okay? They're going to be at different places. So what you have to do is you have to match their, you have to somehow balance out their pulling power, which is also, for the engineers, Michael, that pulling power is called? Torque. It's okay. You, you, you work for John Deere, right? Or no, the other one. The other one, yeah. <laughs> he did, though, years ago, right? Am I right? Yeah, earlier. It's called torque. You should know this. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm still giving him a hard time. He knows all this stuff. He, uh, I don't know this stuff. But so, so what would happen is you, you can double, but you can even more than double. You can like try... There's something wild. When you put two together, it doesn't double. It can even multiply times four and so forth. It's wild how it works. But what the yoke does is it attaches to the other one. So let's say you have a super strong one, a super weak one. You attach it in such a way and you adjust it in a way that the weak one feels like it's pulling just as much as the large one. 
The weak one doesn't know it's really not doing much of any of the work. But it thinks it is. <laughs> that is the life of walking with Jesus and accomplishing things for his kingdom. The onus really is on him. And he says so right here. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus right here says, we're going to start with rest before work. What's amazing is when you come to Jesus for the first time, does anybody remember the time they came to Jesus for the first time? The worry, the fear stopped. The nightmares, the, the, the struggle, the pain. It, it stops. It's, not, it's never like what it once was. There's a great interview if you, if you want to YouTube it. Uh, Michael Knowles from The Day The Wire has interviewed several different people. One of the people he interviews is a woman who came out of New Ageism and Reiki and things like that. And, and she spoke, and, and, and there's, there's another interview of a woman from, um, from, uh, uh, from South America. And she came out of Satanism and witchcraft. And, and they're both like, the nightmare stopped. You know, everything changed. What happens is, it's not that all of your worries are gone, but they're no longer on you. Right? Your, your shame, your guilt, your struggle, you don't have to deal with it anymore. Somebody's already dealt with it for you. Right? It doesn't stop life, but somehow it stops the burden. That's what happens in life in Jesus. I'm yoked to him now, and he's taking the work. I'm working with him now. It's his, I, 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 and what's amazing is, if you put like a tiny little cow with a giant oxen on the same yoke, you know what's going to happen? That little cow's going to be like, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm amazing. Well, really, though, if you took it off the big one, that little cow's getting nothing done and going nowhere, right? It's probably constantly turning left if the yoke's still on him. Yeah, it's just, it's just nothing. That's our life without Jesus, but with him, we're getting a lot done, but we are so indignant and refuse to recognize it's him and not us, because we refuse to live in rest, which he models and tells us we're going to start there. When you come to Jesus, it starts with rest for your soul. We are restored by rest. Because that forces us to put God first. Some of us, we never take a vacation. Some of you guys, you never rest. Some of us, we find releases, but we never rest. We'll drink, we'll CBD it up, we'll smoke, we'll, 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 we'll go to counseling appointments, we'll, we'll take anxiety meds. And some of these things are not bad. I, I believe in counseling. I, I've gone. I'll go again when I need to. That was part of the couple's retreat we were just at. I believe in it. 
But if that is your source for rest, I'm going to tell you something. It'll never be enough. If you, let me ask you, do you ever, don't, don't answer out loud, do you ever feel at rest in your soul, in your mind, in your life? Is there moments where you're like, it's okay? How many people walk around and are like, how are you? I'm at peace. Very few people say that. And if they do, they usually have dreadlocks, right? Okay? They have no shoes, and they're following fish around the country, okay? Very few people say that. Believers should be able to say that easily. How are you? Man, I'm at peace. Right? That was one of the greetings of Israel. Shalom. Peace to you. Peace be with you. The peace of, we're supposed to walk in that. And we were just, our, our retreat was in Branson, and we enjoy it so much. It's, it's so peaceful there. The thing about, I've lived in one, two, like three other states in my life, traveled a, a fair amount. Something about major cities, but Chicago especially, it, the, there's an intensity of living here. There is a pace of life here that is not the same. If you have lived somewhere else, you know. And even if you're like, I'm trying not to live that way, you're feeling like I'm living that way. You feel the pressure, the intensity. Keep up with the Joneses. I got to move. Oh, look what the house they just got. We should have one. We should have two of those. We're better than them, right? We should, we should be living in that. Why don't we have a third vacation every year? What, we should have a boat. Why don't we have a boat, honey? I don't know. Why don't we have a boat? Dear, do we have, do we have seven 401ks, not just one? Why? <laughs> like, this is our life here. More, more, more. Ironically, for such a blue state, we're quite capitalist in a lot of things. But, but that isn't the pace of Jesus Christ. So John Ortberg, if you've never heard this story, John Ortberg is a famous Christian author, pastor, teacher. Used to be a teaching pastor at Willow Creek many years ago before the fall of Willow Creek, so to speak. Uh, pray for them. But he came on staff at that church, and he is like a spiritual son to... A uh, 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 many would call a spiritual discipline, disciplines uh, leader. His name was Dallas Willard, famous author, famous theologian. And, and John Ortberg started working at Willow Creek, and he had never been in a city this large and never experienced the intensity. He calls Dallas Willard. He's like, I, it's, so, it's so fast here. It's so hurried. I, I don't know if I can do this, if I can keep up with this. What do I do? How do I maintain my walk? How do I be an effective pastor and teach? And Dallas Willard said to him, he said, you, to succeed there, you are going to have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. That is antithetical to this world and this culture. Spiritual rest and living in a place of peace is not the mindset of this world. It is get it done, get it done faster, get it done now. All the people who leave Thrive, who go to another church because they have a building or whatever, and God bless them, we love them, hopefully they come back someday. But even the ones that do, many are they're tired and they're like, I want to go to the established thing. 
And you know what I've done? I've done enough research over the time to figure out, you know, those churches, they didn't plant five years ago, seven years ago. They planted 100 years ago, 50 years ago, and they started with a small building. And years later, they raised up enough money and sold that building and built a bigger building. All these one like that, for example, and this is a very for example, a, a Parkview was a much smaller church in a building in Zinley Park for many, many years, like 100 years. So they had, a, yeah, it's okay. Thank you. All right. <laughs> But then fast forward, fast forward, right? When they grow to a certain point, they've paid off debt, they probably had their building paid off. I, I don't know that for certain, right? Then it's easier. And they, even the building, they, the very large building they have in Orlando, they didn't build that all at once. They built it in phases. Am I right? Right. Now, there was a, I know that Tim Harlow had a vision and a mission. We're going to reach the lost and things. And that's a beautiful vision and mission. It's a good thing, Right? But you can't start with X and think we're going to just exponentially grow to 10,000 people. I know one church that did, Gateway, Dallas. They grew to tens of thousands very fast. And they said every last one of us almost went into, quit the ministry and went into an insane asylum. And they're not joking. We all, they all went through serious counseling. It messed them up so much. They couldn't handle it. Because fast, intense growth, here's what happens with fast, intense growth in any area of our lives. Forget church, just your life. Explosive growth means you will eventually explode. It's not always good, right? If you go to the gym and lift, Daniel knows what I'm talking about. If you go to the gym and lift, most people can't double their weight in a couple weeks or a month. Right? And if you can, it is because you are taking something that is illegal <laughs> and will destroy you. <laughs> Your body is not meant for it. It will harm you. Because we are meant for what we're meant for. Your body is literally set on a clock. You have to sleep. You have to. Your body will not let you live without sleep. Now, everybody's different, right? Some of us need a little more sleep. Some of us can operate on less. But everybody has to have rest. You have to eat. Now, some of you can eat less, and some of us are gifted. But <laughs> we can only do so much. There has to be a rhythm in our life of so far and then stop. We have to have these rhythms of rest in our life. And if we don't, we just can't be restored. Of hope, of refilling, of spending time with the Lord. And, and here's the phrase they use at our retreat. I thought it was really good. Of being broken to the yoke. You can't move at the pace you want to move at. You move at the pace the Lord is moving in your life. Which sometimes... I'm going to say most of the time, is way slower than we want it to be. We want to get there quicker. But the thing is, God isn't interested nearly as much as our, in, in, our, in our exterior growth as our interior growth. He's more interested in you than what you do for him and what you accomplish for him and what happens in your life. He's more interested in you. 
which means you have to get used to the pace of who you're yoked to. Years ago, when I ran the Master's Commission, the, the internship program, at the beginning of the year, whenever we got new students in, I would take them on a run. And you're like, you? Really? I would. I would take them on a run. And at that time, my average mile was probably a nine or 10 minute mile. And I could push it really hard, eight minutes on a treadmill. And so, but I would take them on a run. And, and I would say, we're going to do a mile. Well, some students were like, okay, you know, no problem. And some students, you know, the guys who were not jocks or the, or the girls, you know, uh, or any kids who were maybe more out of shape, they were all like, we're going to what? <laughs> you know, like, I graduated high school. This should be behind me. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would do this. I would make this rule. But here's the problem. Here's the thing. For the whole mile, you have to keep pace with me. You can't go ahead and you can't back behind. But not only that, you have to do so as a team. And I would make them do this. So when kids got behind, it was a cool thing to watch. Because when kids would start lagging, the other stronger kids, but kids, they would come alongside them, they would lock arms with them and just help them keep pace. And the kids who ran way ahead, they'd be like, oh, oh I got to pull back. And they wanted to. They were like, I, could, I can get this done in six minutes. Like, you know, it didn't take that much. You know, it was very easy, but they had to go as a team because I was trying to teach them the idea that for the next nine months, for the next year, I'm your leader, and whether you want to get ahead of me or behind me, you've got to stay with me. Infinitely more so the life with Jesus. We have to learn his pace and his rhythm for our lives or we will never rest. We can't be ahead of him or behind him. We have to become broken to his yoke. What do we refuse to slow down in? But the Lord's saying, you've got to slow down. What do we refuse to lay down in our lives that we are insistent God wants for us? And it's like, well, God's not doing it. You're just not letting it go. I pulled this up online from Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She's a physician, speaker, author, researcher from a TEDx talk she gave. She, what does good rest look like? Number one, it's spiritual. You should be with the Lord in times of rest. Not the whole time, not every moment of every day, but you should be with the Lord. If you can't be with the Lord in rest, something's really wrong. That's a dangerous place to be. You know, I remember a time I need, really needed some rest in ministry and we got a gifted kind of a vacation out into the Colorado Rockies and I remember bringing my guitar, and so those were just sweet times with the Lord. Just me and my guitar sitting at the top of the Rockies, worshiping the Lord. It was sweet rest. And it was spiritual. My spirit was renewed. Sleep, you gotta sleep. If you're like, I'm bad at sleep, get some melatonin. Let us pray for you, whatever it takes. But you got to. Also, mental rest. Rick Warren said this once, he said, to, if you want to Sabbath well, you want to learn how to rest. If you work with your hands for a living, rest with your mind. If you work with your mind for a living, rest with your hands. But mental rest, which means this is not your friend very much when you are trying to rest. It just isn't. Nothing is going to happen on Facebook that will kill you. <laughs> Most likely. Facebook can get you killed. I think that's true. But <laughs> I've had a couple moments. Anyway. Sensory rest. 
right? Sensory rest. You, you have to chill out your senses. Anybody here? I know Carl's this guy. Just goes for a walk in the woods. Yeah, I know you do, man. <laughs> I know you do. Because there's peace and rest there. There's something about it, right? What is it about when you go to a lake or an ocean? Why? Think about it. Like, think how stupid it is in real life that we're like, I'm going to stand by water and feel better. Because none of us do that at our kitchen sink. <laughs> Nobody's standing over the dishes being like, this is so good. <laughs> Fry up some burgers, honey. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. Why? There's, <laughs> there's something holy about this moment in nature that God designed as beauty of his creation, and it brings a stillness. Brings peace. There's just something about it. And it also, I think, brings sensory rest. I would rather listen to the ocean than my phone. All right, so if anybody wants to buy me a plane ticket, I'm just saying. All right, anybody, I'm just kidding. All right, enjoyable recreation. So if you are, if you are a person who has, like me, has a bad back and, and serious anxiety, I, I don't have serious anxiety, but if you have serious anxiety or a bad back or blood pressure issues, you know what? Don't go bungee jumping. Just don't do it. That's not enjoyable recreation for you. It won't be, okay? For some of you, it is, okay? I will never probably recommend skydiving as a way to just relax. <laughs> I'm not saying it can't be enjoyed, but nobody's going out of a plane saying, I'm at peace right now. <laughs> Even the pros. All right. Enjoyable rec. What? So we did, we had this little time in Branson, and there was just a minute where I was like, let's go to one of these stupid things. With the wax museum or this other thing over here or the upside down place. And we went to one of them. And you know what? It was stupid. <laughs> it was so dumb. And I thought it was amazing. Because <laughs> I just think sometimes stuff like that is enjoyable. Like, because why? Because I don't have to think about any of it. I'm just having fun. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't climb a mountain in that time. One, it was really cold. <laughs> but, but two, that wouldn't be that restful for me. I can be enjoyable, but it's not restful. See what I mean? Now, some people it is. Some people that would be very restful. You've got to figure that out. Then food. Eat something. Don't eat super rich meals for every meal all day. That's not healthy, even on vacation, okay? But man, go out for the good meal. Well, even when we go on vacation, my wife and I, one night, every vacation, if we take the whole family, we'll still be like, hey, love you guys. Tonight you're on your own. We're going on a date. And we go to a good meal. We do, every vacation. Why? Because we're still married, even on vacation, right? And we have built-in babysitters. God bless them. You'll see rewards in heaven someday. I know it. <laughs> um, and, and, but also, last thing for good rest is slow pace. If, you, if you're like, if you go to Disney World, and you're like, we've got to go to this, we've got to go to Epcot, we've got to go to this place, we've got to go here, we've got to do that right. <laughs> Fun, not restful. And for me, vacation, I enjoy it. 
And, but if you come back from, I love you, if you come back from vacation saying, I need a vacation from my vacation, you did it wrong. <laughs> well, uh, you know, my kids, they just, they really, they really want to go in the zipper seven times. <laughs> Tell them no. <laughs> I know that blows our minds in our culture where we give participation trophies and let them be in 27 sports that they'll never succeed in, but we're going to get behind them anyway because we're good parents. <laughs> okay, it's okay to slow it down. It's okay to say, I, we have five kids, and I love every last one of them and give my life for them, and I think they're all amazing and super gifted, and they can do anything God calls them to do. But we also realize we have a pace of life, that it, and that's, that, that alone creates a fast pace of life. We had to make a rule a long time ago to, to tell them we can be in about one activity at a time outside of church stuff. And that, that, there's twofold. One, to keep a healthy pace of life so that we pass that on to them. Two, so they also know you're not our God and I don't want you to ever think you are. And that's a good thing. We, I didn't grow up in that world, so I don't know what it's like. But for the kids who grow up in the world that says, you're God in my life, no child can live up to that. They can't be that for you. And one day, if you do it long enough, they're going to resent you for it. Because they couldn't be that. Rest, rest also creates reverence. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for ordinary work. But the seventh is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, male, female servants, livestock, any foreigners living among you. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. On the seventh he rested. That's why the Lord... Bless the Sabbath day and set it apart. Now, the Sabbath has somewhat been moved to Sunday because that's when the church wanted to gather. That's when the New Testament church said, this is when our Savior was risen. Um, and so this is when we will gather to celebrate. So it shifted. Okay? It didn't stop. It just shifted. Okay? Now, New Testament, like early Jewish New Testament believers, probably would have kept Shabbat and then moved into Sunday as the day of worship. So they probably would have done both. Now you can do both. God bless you if you can. Most people take Sunday. Now Sunday, for me, I love Sundays. I wouldn't call it Sabbath. Not for me. Okay? It's not a day of rest for me. It's a day I love, and it's a day of worship, but it's not a day of rest. Okay? That's okay, though. Okay? Because I take Monday for me for that most of the time. All right? So if you're like, I can't get a hold of him. I can't believe this. It's a Monday. Nobody can get a hold of me, <laughs> okay? It's not personal. If there's an emergency, of course, that's the job. That's the life we signed up for. Somebody goes to the hospital, we're going to do our best to always be there for you. But if you're like, I need to know if I need to, you know, buy this box or not <laughs> on Monday, like, I don't care. <laughs> okay, till Tuesday. And then I care. <laughs> All right, but because we've all got to carve it out. We've all got to carve out that space of rest, but there's a holiness to it. It is God's design. So I don't know if you know, the Old Commandment, the Old Testament would say, we're in the New Testament. That doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> God bless you. All right, so there's three types of, those the law done away with in the New Testament. Well, yes and no. Okay? 
There are three types of laws in the Old Testament. Civil, ceremonial, and moral. Okay, so the civil laws are like when this person comes into your house and they try and steal this, you know, this is how you take care of it, etc. Okay, the ceremonial was like when you come into the temple and you want to worship, you've got to do this, you've got to wash this way, blah, blah, blah. And then the moral is the top ten. The Ten Commandments. Those are not done away with. They're fulfilled in Jesus, but we're still called up to it. And by his grace and power, we can live it more and better every day. And number one is, does anybody remember? Right? And number two? That was number one, right? Uh, Somewhere in that top five, (laughs) keep the Sabbath. Right? Keep it holy. Put nothing before me. Because rest brings us back to the place of reverence. It's not a work. It's a lack of work. God wants to restore your life in ways you're hurting, in ways you're struggling But if you keep fighting, he can't renew you until you're reverent enough to sit and rest and let him minister to you. You cannot be restored in your life without reverence in your heart. To know that he is God. God is God. And the Sabbath is the recognition of that. You know, it's interesting. We're seven, a little over seven years old now as a church. You know, in the Old Testament, Leviticus, um, I can even tell you which chapter. Um, And of course, my phone doesn't want to cooperate. Of course you don't. Leviticus 25. After the seventh year, and farmers know this to this day, after the seventh year, what do you do? You let the land rest. Because even soil, the soil of the heart needs to rest and sit before the Lord. You know, sometimes we extend worship just because God's presence is sweet and we just need to sit there for a minute. You know, one of the things about the men's retreat, (laughs) men's retreats, we don't do this because it's easy. And this will actually probably take next year off to give it a rest and give it some space. And also make space for our women to be able to do something a little more special. But I know most men don't stop to focus and worship and minister to the Lord and be ministered to. Men want to be good. I would argue the vast majority of men in our church, they want to be good. But very few men want to be men of God. That says, I will stop, and I will be with the king, and I will let him minister to me, and I will minister to him. I will pause. I will force myself to work against my flesh and my grain to realize he is the Lord. He is in charge. He is God, and I am not. Great story of that, right? We'll get to that in a minute. When God is first, 
the rest becomes in order. He starts putting things in place that we couldn't have put there. There's a neat story from Larry Stockstill years ago who pastors a very large church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Bethany uh, World Prayer Center, I think is the name of it. Um, but one time he was out on his day off and one of the elders or something like that wanted to get a hold of him and he was calling the office and he was calling his house and he couldn't, finally finds him somewhere on his cell phone. He's like, I've been trying to call you. I've got this urgent situation. And he's like, well, is it an emergency? Is somebody dying? And well, no, it's just this. And, and, and he's like, well, and I, I wasn't able to get a hold of you. And he's like, uh-huh, do, do you know this is my day off? Hmm? Well, yeah, but this is important. He goes, okay, well, how many other commandments do you want me to break? We don't treat rest as holy. And it's one of the first things God ever does. How many of you set a time, time with the Lord and time to renew yourself and treat it as holy? Right? We, we, we often treat it like, we treat it like, we either treat it like it's just more work, and we've got to do all the fun stuff and get it all done, or we treat it like spring break, and I'm just going to let it all hang out, and I'm stupid. Well, neither one of those are healthy, and neither one of those bring rest. Nothing, none of that is renewing. None of that is good for us, Right? One of the reasons so many people eat healthy after Christmas is we eat a lot of crap. <laughs> Some people put on weight, right? Most of us do, right? But even if you didn't, my wife never puts on anything, right? But even she, like, I want to stop and eat a little better because you eat enough of that, you don't feel well, and your body needs rest from all that food. Your organs are like, please stop. <laughs> your liver's like, slow it down, man. <laughs> Right? You have to stop. You have to reset. You have to rest. And it creates a holiness in me that it's not me. It's the Lord. This is His. They said something so good on our retreat, and I'll give them credit for it, but they said this. They said, it's remembering I am with Jesus, not Jesus is with me. See the inversion of that? We have a mentality like, God, go with me. We need to change it up, though, and like, Lord, where are you going? Because that's where I want to go. Lord will be with me. <laughs> be with him. And reverence, eventually, when we're reverent, it causes us, what it does is begins to remind us that God is God and I am not. And he will do it or it won't get done. Some of us are living by our own strength and our own power and we're just asking God to bless it. What a foolish way to live. 
you know, what I thought would be the death nail in our church, and, and pun intended, was COVID. Because <laughs> I was like, we were struggling. We didn't have online stuff. We didn't have any of that. And God used that to catapult us to a, a whole better place. So good. And it was like, what? We didn't, now we changed a few things, but we didn't change a bunch of other stuff. And yet an influx of people. Every moment in my life where I've seen God grow something, promote something, or do something for the good, I, have, I can honestly say my efforts played almost no part in it. God just breathed on it when I let go. I said, it's yours. Zechariah 4.6, it is not by force or by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. If you don't know the story, I'll familiarize you. Truett Cathy, years ago, the founder of Chick-fil-A, decided very early on, we will be closed on Sundays in reverence and in honor of the king to remind us that we are not in charge. And then, early 2000s, he passed it on to his son, Dan Cathy, and he made him sign a contract, a covenant, with the whole, he brought the whole family into the Chick-fil-A headquarters as they did it, and he said, you will keep this covenant that you will stay closed on Sundays for the duration of your career and that you run this company in honor that God is king and we serve him first and foremost. And Dad and Kathy signed it. And in 2000, uh, in I believe the early 2000s, they had about $1 billion in sales. And in 2019, they had $10.5 billion in sales, making them the third largest chain in the U.S. Statistically, financially, they're literally cutting out. I, I'm no financial expert, but they're cutting out one-seventh of massive profits on a weekend, no less. It doesn't make sense unless you believe in the kingdom. Because Truett Cathy got something is holy. I remember, I mean, it's vague and it's small because it, it vanished as I was growing up, but I remember growing up and places being closed on Sunday. Here, Chicago. <laughs> right? The only thing that was open was church, jewel, and wags. That was it. <laughs> Some of you are like, what's wags? Look it up. <laughs> remember wags? Anybody? Raccoon? Yeah, I remember Wax. I loved Wax, right? And he, 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 after a little bit, old country buffet, right? But you couldn't go to the, you still can't go to the bank, but you can go everywhere else. You know what else didn't happen on a Sunday? Sports. Oh, is, is he going to do this? How much time? What, what time is it? <laughs> or any activity. But when I was a kid, they weren't really on Wednesdays either. Because they knew Sundays and Wednesdays were guarded that belonged to the Lord. There is no recognition of that now. Matter of fact, in any public school, you can talk about the Quran, Hinduism, Buddhism, Satanism. But if you talk about Jesus, they're going to shut you down. Why? Because it's the truth. And the kingdom of darkness wants it shut up. 
God is real, the kingdom is real, holiness is real, and when we stop and recognize it and guard it and say, no, teach your children, church is not an option. So, well, it's really about their relationship. Okay, I'll tell you what. You tell your kids someday, look, you don't have to come to Thanksgiving and you don't have to come to Christmas. Don't only visit me when you want to. Let's see what kind of relationship you have. This doesn't work. Well, that's, it's not the same, Pastor Brian. You're right. This is much more important. This is much more crucial to the kingdom and to our souls and to honoring the king. When my kids fight and choose to not get along and not, and not come to the table, I don't care who's right. I just want them to make it right and get back into relationship to worship the king. No, I'm not the king, but <laughs> I came out wrong. <laughs> Welcome, children. <laughs> Come to my table. <laughs> Feast upon my... All right. Because <laughs> it's not healthy. All right, all right. That moment reminds us that he's God, I'm not. I can't get it done. I can't do it. That God, it reminds me that God is sovereign. God wants to restore you. And it's going to have to start with rest. And I know some people's response will be like, great, done with greeters, team. (laughs) That's not what that means. (laughs) I always find it funny. People cut out the easiest things in their life as a way to like, uh, as a way to like renew themselves. <laughs> you know, you know what I need to cut out is working overtime like ever. And, well, okay. <laughs> I, I need to cut out talking to my wife. That's really burning me up. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no. You don't cut out good healthy things. I'm not saying you can never take a break and rest and renew. Okay? I'm not saying that, right? What I'm saying is things you, you saw the list i can get it to you i can post it online if it helps that what healthy godly rest looks like but it comes back to this place of rest that brings recognition and honor and holiness that he's god and i'm not that his will is going to be accomplished whether i'm in it or not that i want to be with him i don't need him to be with me you're it lord it's you And whatever that is, and whatever it isn't, I'm okay with. Because I don't want to be a good man. I want to be a man of God. I don't want to accomplish what are my dreams, but they're not yours for me. What if God has gifted you with financial success, but the Lord says to you at some point, now stop here? Would you be okay? Let me ask you in this moment, how many of you, don't raise your hands, but even right now, you look you've let it play. You're like, all right, so when's he going to move on? When are we going to wrap this up? Is is he going to play the whole thing? Is the worship team coming soon? And I would challenge you that's your inability to rest. Your fear, your uncomfortableness, whatever in this moment is because 
God's presence isn't enough. And we're not comfortable in it. But don't you want to be? Anybody in this room right now, the Lord's speaking to you. I know what I got to lay down. I know what I got to let go. Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been holding this thing so tight and I can't let it go. Cheers. I rest in you again. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's just your tomorrow. Marriage. Your debt. And the Lord's saying, I, I need you to let go. And I need you to rest so that I can do this. Work at my pace. Stop trying to force it. One day of worry won't add to your days. It won't make it happen faster. Anybody here, you're like, I, I know what it is, Pastor Brian. I know what I got to do. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody willing to share that thing? Like, I'll, I'll share it. I'll come. I'll share quick. Anybody? I know what I've been wrestling with, and I won't let it go. Anybody? No? All right, come on, Michelle. Oh, we go. I'll be brave. Uh, for me, it's been the tomorrow, uh, just so much transition in our lives and not knowing what's going to happen next and things happening so quickly and you're just trying to absorb it all and figure out how to manage it all. And, um, and the Lord's really, especially over the last week or two, just really brought me to a place of peace and, and uh, it was worth laying down. Thank you. Michelle, come on. The thing that I've been wrestling with is my phone. I have it with me all the time. And even when I'm waiting for something to load, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just pick up my phone and I'll look at this and I'll, who cares? You know, and that's, it's hard because, you know, I wasn't like that. And my kids challenged me years ago about that. And it's about being present and putting your focus where it needs to be and putting the phone away and being present with people and being present just in the Lord's presence. Um, so that's my challenge for myself, and I hope if it speaks to you, you act on it as well. It's probably a lot of us, Michelle. Come on. So just last night, I just told, I just asked Jesse, I'm like, don't you feel more rest? Um, even though he's been without work since November. Mm. And, um, and we've been in the Bible, we've been worshiping together and addressing our children differently. Mm. Mm. We're not so reactionary anymore. Mm. And we're really, um, because we had a lot of trouble with behavior issues and uh, with one of our children and, and then also just raising them all together. So what I'm giving up is my children. Um, the expectations, the high expectations that we've always put on them. And uh, 
So praising God for that, that he's given us a lot of time of rest and Jesse to be able to focus mm. in this time, even though his main worry is, oh, I got to work, mm. you know. That's good. That's good, LaDonna. Anybody else? Isn't it amazing how God will take away the very thing you think you absolutely can't live without to say, it's just me. Sabbath. Rest in the Lord. Come on, worship team. Remember, old saying, you don't realize God is all you need till God is all you have. God can strip things away from you to cause you to rest. But I encourage you, don't let it get there. <laughs> if you can avoid it. Well, sometimes he's doing it for our good and we didn't mean to get there. But he knows. He knows what you need more than you do. And I believe God wants to do a restoring work in people's lives, not just in the room, but in your extended family. You know somebody who's been extremely broken and all you want to do is minister to them. All you want to do is pour out God's presence on them. The Lord wants to do a restoring work in you, and you're going to help pour it out into somebody else. But it may cause leaving some things. It may cause moments of stopping and letting some things go. I'm just going to sit here, Lord. I trust you. You are my king. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Oh